AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of It's Up There Podcast. I am your active and attractive host for another episode of the fastest growing podcast on the market right now. You know exactly where you at, man. We're going to get right into the show. I want to say something before I get into the topics, before I get into anything that I want to talk about about the podcast, just about my take last week in regards to Will Smith. And I'm going to take it slow, but not super slow. I want to I help people understand why things happen the way it happened and where I may have misstepped. So with with me being new, right, in podcasting, but elevating, right, moving, but not winning, I keep telling people just because you leave the race don't mean you win the race. So even though it looks promising, ain't no promise being kept yet. So I got to pay attention to my whereabouts in regards to the in regards to the mission. Right. So I, I got to stay aware and alert. So even though things look well, I still got a lot of work to do. And with that being said, I got to find my groove. And so what I tried to do when the Chris Rock thing happened, 
I put myself in a situation that I rarely put myself in because, you know, I'm dealing with information, right? I'm dealing with supreme game, so I'm not in a situation to need to operate in that way. And when I say that way, let me explain exactly what I mean. In media, there's subsections, there's subcategories of how people operate in their business model. What happened in that moment is that I changed my whole business model, right? And I went to doing more of a shade room, more of a DJ Academics Instagram page, one of these. It's low-hanging fruit, right? And my audience, you guys, y'all don't come to me for the low-hanging fruit. Y'all come to me for the for the high-level game that I put down and then I continue to drop every week. And so I found myself trying to rush and get the takeout, and I've never done that. That's never been my thing. I don't even know exactly what put me in that position outside of me wanting to get ahead. Now, I will say this. I do my best at being uninfluenced by any of these podcast guys, right? I do the best that I can in regards to being unique in my approach, right? I always tell people, you got to identify your attributes. And so for me, I always understand, listen, my approach to how I speak about these things have to always remain unique. And I have to have a, um, I have to have a charitable donation to the game. Right. I got to give something to the game. Right. That's what people come to me for. And if I'm being completely honest with myself. Right. I say, damn. In that moment, I was a slave to the algorithm. I, I literally was trying to. But if 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 I look at it again from my perspective, it's, it's like, yo, I do my best at being uninfluenced. I do my best at not trying to sound like these dudes or not trying to have takes like these guys. And so. Part of the reason was that too Me trying to be like yo Get your take out So therefore if somebody has a take similar to yours You don't seem as if You know you're still in their taste Because I'm in this weird place Where my, my, my conversations are popping up In mouths that didn't create them Right Niggas is taking things I'm saying And regurgitating them And presenting them as themselves And it's interesting to me Because they even it's just a unique situation. I won't get further into it because I don't want to offend anyone that's a high-level communicator that's a fan of me and we may have shared ideas at a time because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about one of them. I'm talking about the low-level thinkers that have these spurts where they they can have these high-level thoughts. You know, you know they getting them from somewhere. But I try not to sound like these dudes, man. So when I come with it, you know, and I put it out, I said some things and right, and, and, and I got to give a formal apology to Chris Rock, right? And you know, I don't apologize. I don't get on, I, I don't apologize because I don't feel as though I'm sorry about anything. But I want to be clear with this one because I feel as though it, it's been something that's on my mind and I keep talking about it as I'm just going throughout the day. I'm like, yo, I, I laughed at little dude, you know what I'm saying? And I don't think it's funny. You know, in that moment, it, it almost like I took it like these dudes were actors. It's like I took it like it wasn't even real, even though I knew it was real. It was like a weird metaverse thing happening, dog. I don't, again, I don't know what it was, but, there's, you know, it is what it is. It's just, 
he's he was smacked. I didn't for one time think about Chris Rock. I didn't think about what he was going through, how he may have felt. And then, like I say, coming out, they say he was being bullied and he would freeze up because clearly he froze up, you know. And and I just felt as though my take was a little ill-advised because I rushed to it. I didn't have any thought process about it. I watched it in real time and reacted. And that's not how I do. That's not how I give it up. And if... If you listen to me, right, if you somebody that's not new to this thing that I do, you know that I'm always saying never get in the trick bag. Don't never let nobody put you in the trick bag. And I don't applaud being tricked. Yeah, I don't applaud being tricked out of no position you don't work that hard for. Yeah, so it ain't no. And for me, like I say, it was a real time reaction and. I do have a thing, right, where I like for dudes to be straightened when they playing, right? And and I think that sometimes I can project that and not have to get control of understanding what's at stake and do a risk assessment on anything that's involved with me or my, my thinking, right? Because that is who I am. And so I got to be consistent in my approach and my communication about things. I found it interesting, too, that Y'all was in there like, yo, long, you know, saying certain things that let me know that y'all awoke. Like, y'all ain't just sitting around listening, and I can appreciate that, man. So, shout out to y'all for that. But, again, you don't never, ever get in the trick bag. If anything, you present the trick. And Will Smith went right in the trick bag. If you look into it right now, they said he had 40 pages of bad boys already. They told him, yo, hold up on that. Netflix pulled out. Academy Awards he had to get out for. White people are saying they're traumatized by Right? And we ain't talking about whether or not the truth stands behind what people are saying. We talking about the effects of things. Because we like to deal with the information and not the emotions. You see what I'm saying? So when I'm telling you what's happening, don't tell me how you feel about it. Them two things don't live in the same place. We operate outside of one another. You understand? So we dealing with what's happening. Now, these are the effects of what's been happening in Will's life. And that was my message last week. Now, let's keep it real. I didn't just give no sorry take on it. I gave a rush take on it. And both things would be an incorrect approach. You understand? But the rush take still had a lot of Understanding in it from from a totally different standpoint, I took Chris out of it, right, and that's where the apology comes from. Because yo, he got smacked. Both these dudes are black people, so I'm operating understanding that, and both these dudes are stars in their own right. Will being the bigger of the two. But understanding what's at stake right there for our culture, right, and what it could have turned into. You know, I made a joke off something I seen and said, yo, if he would have smacked me, I seen this on the Internet. And I'm telling you, again, this isn't, you know, this is just comedy. I'm a comedian. I'm going to start adding that to my tag as well so I can say some of these things and y'all don't receive them with malice. You know, but I read something that said, 
If he would have smacked me up there, we've been up there embarrassing the whole black community. Nigga would have grabbed me. Just went to, what the fuck you think this is? Suits tan, niggas getting down. So, and, and again, man, it could have turned out bad. You know, it could have turned out bad. And then you see a lot of the, I'm going to tell you what's interesting to me. And I think if we not going to have any respect for ours, then it's going to be rough for other people to do it, right? When we see some of the comedians on the other side come out and say some of the things that they're saying, like it's it's interesting to watch, right? Because they hide behind everything they say they put in parentheses is comedy. And that's why I just said, right, no disrespect to the culture of comedy because I'm a fan of comedy and, and comedians and, and I understand the culture and the work that it puts in that you guys put in to be a creative in that space. I know how overwhelming it is to go from making $15 a night to now being able to sell out arenas and the process that it take. A lot of people ignore the process. I'm out here now. It's up there, Podcast L.A. I'm out here right now, right, as an entrepreneur, right? You don't ignore the process. You understand what it takes to get where you're going, right? It's just like with your car. You better make sure it's enough gas to get that 40 miles that you're going in that car. If you ignore what you need to get where you're going, the results will be the same. Just like your car run out of gas, you will run out of gas before you get to where you need to be going. So these things are true in both instances. But like somebody like me, right? I come out to L.A. It's up there, podcast, L.A., right? I got shit going on. I got interviews. I got meetings, I got things happening and I'm in a situation where I gotta be effective with what I'm doing. I ain't on nobody else dime. I ain't dipping in nobody else fan base. I'm operating on my own watch. And when you able to again I keep telling y'all I want to speak to who built it, not who bought it. Nigga see a company and not know your CEO ain't the CEO. He ain't the founder. I need the founder to come talk to me. Loon is the founder. It's a different approach. I got the blueprint, nigga. Y'all just got the where the fire escapes and shit and the X's, nigga. I know what the foundation of the building look like, right? So I'm I'm in entrepreneur mode and I'm navigating the world with this game. You understand? I'm I'm navigating the world with high level game and it's respected all around the world. Um but for me, I, I separate the world up in categories, right? I don't know if it's classism that I'm that I'm dealing with. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is, but I know I separate the world up in categories in regards to what you will get from life and what you will get out of life. You understand? And I think what I'm in life for and what I'm willing to do for what I need and what I want See, only certain people make it to the other side of the river. When I'm going, where I'm going, only the motivated can get there. It's just like having low-level security on a credit card or something. Yeah, some of that shit work, but if a nigga really motivated to steal that information, there's ways to get that information. And so sometimes the goal that you want or what you want is attached to motivation that you got to have to even get it. The shit be seeming untrue, unreal, unreachable. But shit is really, really in reach and accessible. 
You understand? You just got to put your, you know, one foot in front of the other and believe in what it is you bring to the game. Um, I also was thinking about loan. You got to see, cause man, listen, I always want to come off and let my people know, man, it's always about information. Loan math at niggas for not leaving no information now. Yeah, don't keep leaving me no plate on the motherfucking dinner table. Nigga, teach me how to cook the meal. Don't keep telling me that every time I can come down and it's a meal waiting on me. I want to know how to cook the meal. I got people I need to feed. Right? So Loon is only in a situation to be critical of information and, and lack thereof, right? So when people don't leave no information out or people don't leave no opportunities out there, I got to be critical of that because I got people watching, the babies watching. Niggas coming to me for how to navigate this shit. And it ain't no nigga around here telling niggas how to navigate. All these niggas is regurgitating information. And I'm in a position now why I'm about to start speaking on it. Because I know where you niggas is getting the information from and you regurgitating it. I see when you talk, it don't come out fluently. It ain't just you. You got notes. And it's cool to have notes, youngsters. Let me be clear on that. But what's not cool is to misrepresent your ideas as your own. I keep telling niggas imitation without acknowledgement is stealing. Nigga, you can't imitate me and not acknowledge me, nigga. Niggas can't run around putting my motherfucking game in their podcast or putting these certain things I say on their shirts without acknowledging me because imitation without acknowledgement is stealing and we dealing with robbers. But niggas is regurgitating information and they want me to believe that niggas is, yo, I know the difference, homie, I really read all this shit. I really got the eye I was in, like, on some real shit. So I'm knowing what we dealing with and I'm knowing what it's, you understand? So you can't run that game on me. And I'm in a unique place to understand the market and to understand the consumer. There's very few people that understand the market and they understand the consumer. A lot of you niggas are just in a rush to provide products to the market, whether they effective or not. Niggas don't give a fuck as long as they can put a new product out and get a new 4,500 people spending $50 a month. Or doing this, they just putting this dry game down and we starting to figure this out because real street hustlers is now getting into this space and we see through it. Say niggas will come sell us something. That look just like what we ordered. This hard and glossy and every, and it'll be nothing. So you got to understand that we had to understand what was on the table. Niggas had to learn how to look through. Niggas, niggas had to learn how to look through. So when I see the low-level game, it comes off as offensive to me. But let's set that to the side. Like, I, I, I won't say that. I would say this, that in our, in our culture... Having good ideas are underrated, right? I know some young niggas or I was in the hood or even before the podcast was in multi-million dollar situations. I would tell people, we talking years back, like, yo, podcasting, get into it. Like, yo, niggas is, but if you have a good idea in the neighborhood, it's an underrated attribute. Because a good idea in the neighborhood ain't a good idea until his money attached to it. 
You understand me? And all of the people that capitalize off Ubers and off all these things, they understand that when you fix a problem or you become effective in the market, you stand to make some money. So you don't have to be in a situation where you, you know, um, are making money at that point. So a lot of people in the hood are doing a poor version of Shark Tank. You understand? They want to know your numbers and all this and that. Nigga, you need to do whatever you can to watch that little money you got. You dumbass niggas is holding your money in these spots just waiting on the feds to come get it. I always tell niggas, bro, if you don't invest, your, do something with your money, man. You ain't got, you just got it hid somewhere. So you just waiting on the people to come find and do something with it. They got a place for it. And it really, it hurt my heart when niggas get caught in such and such caught with 750000 It's like, yo, these niggas, man, what the fuck? That was like, and sometimes I don't think I don't know the game because sometimes I know that they wait until they catch you at a buy spot. I ain't talking about that when you buying something. I'm talking about when you got your money hid in spots to where they do a kick, though, and you just took a half a million dollar loss, $700,000 loss. You really need to be putting that, that that money into places, right? You got to evolve in your approach to even understanding equity in the business. There's a business world out there that black people have limited understanding of. There's tax loopholes that we don't even know how to take advantage of that are due to us. But information is always key. I keep telling people, man. I don't play the game. I don't play none of the games. I'm unaffected, uninfluenced. I don't play the game. I'm the big dog. I don't care nothing about what nobody think about none. All I need is some information because I got people on my back and they not getting off my back. Ain't nothing I can do about the people that's waiting on me to do exactly what I need to do. And guess what? I done put it all on the line for it and ain't no way it can fail. Let me, let me spend... Let me spend a little more time on the Will Smith thing because, again, I think my approach to it has to be a bit more responsible and also understanding that everyone here was affected at the same time. There's an old saying that says energy is never lost, it's just transferred. And in that moment, what we saw Will Smith do was transfer all of that energy that he had bottled up, you know, dealing with the, whether it be public slander, whether it be private issues, whether it even be a misrepresentation of the facts. Because even last week when he came out and said, I'm sorry, not last week, the last time he came out. And he said that, yo, there's been no cheating in my marriage. If you're an adult, you understand what that means. What that means is we had an understanding, right? And me and my woman understanding don't need no motherfucking approval from no outside entity. Ain't now a motherfucker on the outside got no business. Man, listen, we don't, we don't care nothing. Of, so there was an understanding. The issue came because apparently or allegedly, because I don't know anything to be true, and I also want to deal with people again like black people and also like they are family. So I like to be cautious. So I like to be cautious in my approach to how I 
speak about it. Nonetheless, I think information is in the middle of it, and we have to digest that only because everyone else that's the onlookers can be affected either way by it. And if it's just left the way it is, we have no understanding of it. But in that moment, I just think he transferred all of that energy, and it was sad because everything he put at risk in that moment and listen, I'm always still going to be on the side of protect your wife. I'm still saying protect black women. I'm still going to protect mine with everything. My mother, my woman, these people know when they call me what the situation is. Do not play with them on no circumstances. We, you know, but they, uh, they, they don't put me in those unfortunate circumstances. Right, they try to look out for my well-being, and but I think Will in that moment just lost control. I think he just exploded. Everybody, everybody knows he exploded. That's what happened. I also see people in, and and again, comics say that Yo Jada's always said she loved the ball head. She don't care what nobody think about a ball head. My response to that would be that is consumer front facing. Bro, come on, man. How many things you come out in the public? How many times you smile when you had a bad day? And when you can't do anything about the circumstances, a lot of times there's a whole movement of people that say just embrace the circumstances. Even if we take it off of Jada and dealing with her hair, there's people that say even if you're big, girl, just embrace your big girl. You just, you're a big girl. Not to mention that whether that's unhealthy whether that's going to lead to a disease or whatever the case may be, people are telling you to champion who you are, but they're saying that when the lights and the camera's on. It's a different reality when you're inside the house and you're known for being this pretty woman with this hair or not not even with the hair because I've also seen people say, yo, she's, she's had shortcuts before. It's a difference between you going to get a shortcut and you being forced into a bald head. These things are totally different. Jada has always been like a sex symbol or like been like someone that people call beautiful. And I just think that the confidence that it took for her to get a shortcut back when a shortcut wasn't a thing. That was a that was a thing. But again, I just think being forced into losing your hair because sometimes she would have short, but she would also go back to long. And I've also heard people talk about the wig, but we can't address everything that people are saying. Right. We can't address all these things, but we want to be consistent in understanding and also appreciating or examining both sides, right? I fail to even consider Chris Rock's side. I honestly think, too, man, that because people are saying it's fake. I don't think it's fake, but I honestly think that Chris thought he wouldn't smack him on TV. Like, I honestly think that he was like, he's not, he's not going to. And when he, because the smack was one thing, but listen to what he said. The dude actually said, wow. It's almost like he couldn't. Fathom what just happened And he didn't know what to do And bro it was It was sad let's listen to what Jim Carrey said about Will Smith I was sickened I was sickened by the standing ovation 
I felt like Hollywood is just spineless, en masse. And uh, it just, it really felt like, oh, this is a really clear indication that uh, we're not the cool club anymore. Jim Carrey weighing in on Will Smith's Oscar controversy during a new interview with Gail King for CBS Mornings. They asked Chris, do you want to file charges? And Chris apparently said, no, he did not. He just want the hassle. I'd I'd have announced this morning that I was suing Will for $200 million because that video is going to be there forever. It's going to be ubiquitous. Jim Carrey was on hand promoting his new movie, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, but yeah, he made it clear how he felt about Will Smith's actions on Sunday night. You do not have the right to to walk up on stage and smack somebody in the face because they said words. Since Sunday night, the Academy has launched a formal review into Smith's actions on stage, and Will has since issued a statement apologizing to Chris Rock, saying in part, quote, I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. I was embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. On Sunday, Extra spoke to many stars who also weighed in on Will's behavior. You watched the show. I'm sure you saw the moment everyone is talking about between Chris and Will. You know, I think anytime, you know, Chris is one of those comics that he and Chappelle are the goats and they're like the youngest oldest comics in the world they've been doing it since they were kids and I think you know the contract you set up with the audience is that these are indeed jokes and we have to embrace our freedom of speech like John the floor first of all do you know like so and we'll we'll listen to the others you see these are very political approaches as you hear them people talk when you hear them say hey i would have sued them for 200 million dollars that video is ubiquitous you got to know what that word means and you hear him say that hey you have a contract with the audience like you know saying hey these are jokes and they should be took as such and so all these things are true um, and shout out to Chris Rock for not pressing charges, even though the damage is still going to be done. I don't know how far it goes. It may affect in a way that we didn't expect it to affect. Not sure. But um, Chris Rock was there to do a job, right? Will Smith was there to win an award. Again, I think white people are missing and misframing and misrepresenting because of that lack of understanding what even has been happening with Will Smith for the last two years. So they're framing this like he's attacking comedians over jokes and they not understanding that the turmoil is what has Will Smith making this kind of approach to a joke. This is less about a joke and more about what Will has went through over the last two years in regards to public banter, public humiliation, and just misrepresentation of the facts with him and his wife. So these things are not, he's been painted to be a beta male, he's been painted to be a pushover, in which we really don't know if these things are true. Now, we do know that August was in a unique situation with his wife. And in the public eye, man, that's a very unfortunate thing because they say, why you didn't have the same thing for August going? It's a, it's it's just an interesting thing, you know. Um, but Chris was there to do a job, man. Again, I still don't know, man. Again, I don't know. I think again, I think it wasn't right from the standpoint of you don't go in the trick bag. But he got emotional. And it was just a straw that broke the camel's back. I think looking back at it, he's like, look at what's on, on, look at what we losing behind this.
Like look at what just happened Because I'm telling you It looked like a movie Even the way he walked back And buckled his jacket Like on some It damn near looked like He was in a movie man You know what I'm saying But again Shouts out to both them people And prayers to both them people Let's listen to a little bit More of this And then we'll move on But yeah Just a just an unfortunate situation For some of our greats Man like I say Will Smith is an A plus A plus Celebrity Megastar Black guy No smut on his jacket Unfortunate that Again my approach is And I don't do that To blame black women Or blame Jada I just Can point out a few things That's happened on On the side of his Relationship That could have pushed him Or has pushed him Into a unique um, Atmosphere You know what I'm saying And he's And he's making a high level mistake Like that Going in a trick bag And making uh, emotional fragile uh, emo- Being emotionally fragile And making a mistake with Such such large ramifications I think we gotta be more careful uh, With that man And I send my prayers to them dudes I know they are going through a lot So prayers to them dudes Now Let's talk about Soldier Boy Calling out rappers Soldier Boy had something to say to Lil Dirk And a couple of rappers Let's see what happened I do songs with all these before they get famous, then once they get famous, I can I can't even get a song from these no more. That's crazy. But when y'all was in the hood and ain't nobody know who the fuck y'all was, I was doing songs with y'all: Chief Keith, Lil Dirt, Migos, Famous Dex, Rich the Kid. Only nigga I did a song with now that I did a song with before I got famous was Rich the Kid. Before Rich the Kid signed his deal, we did a song. After Rich the Kid signed his deal, we did Ricky Morty remix. Every other nigga and Chief Keith and me and Chief Keith. Every other nigga, when y'all niggas was unsigned, I did a song with y'all. As soon as y'all got on, y'all niggas ain't shot me out. Y'all ain't do no song with me. Y'all ain't say shout out to my soldiers for put me for doing a verse for me. You know what I'm saying? This ain't real. No cap. But y'all know what the fuck going on though. Y'all know what the fuck going on. I'm still having this, still having motion. Really don't need no song with you. Chelsea, what up? Toxic, what up? ATK, what up? Don't boy, what up? All you gotta do is look up Soldier Boy, Lil Dirt Eater. This man first mixtape. I'm talking about nobody knew who Lil Dirt was. Now get a record deal. What the fuck my feature back at? When you was in the hood, you was unsigned. I was doing songs with you. For free, you need to get a little clout. You can't send me no verse back. That's crazy to me, my. That's not real, my. But get what? I never gave a fuck. Cause we having this shit. Big Mantis, big Lambo trucks. Stop playing. I've been doing this shit. Hey, longevity, man. I've been in this shit longer than all these rappers, bro. I've been there. I've been there. So you hear Soldier Boy. Your boy addressed Dirk and other rappers and just, you know, kind of say that he gave them a song before they had a deal. And now he's in a situation where he can't get them on the phone. Soldier Boy got to understand he do a whole lot of weird shit. You know, now I do appreciate the stance because I understand what it's like when you're on the other side of the ball. Right when a nigga needs you to get a little, little bit going, but when he get going, he can't, he don't hit you up. 
Right So I can understand that too But Yo soldier boy You know Respectfully to the homie Been in the game for a long time And he a legend But bro You done did some things That's unwarranted in the game Like even look at how you you were beta like I ain't gonna, you were something in front of Harvey Lemon. We gotta figure out what the word what the name mud is, but you were something in front of the nigga at TMZ trying to give your shoes to him. That right there just it made us feel away because you a call out our grace. You a step on you a step on some of us, not me, but I'm saying you a step on some of our grace. You a call Kanye West a bitch and call his wife out and talk about how Pete got his wife and. DJ Academics or Lil Dolph or Young Dolph and this and that, you will say some of the craziest shit to us. When you went up there to Harvey, you begging him to take your shit and he telling you no in your face. And now these, man, I'm not taking no soldier boy shoes, basically. You shouldn't even been up there with him doing that. Them should have went to somebody that's black. Them should have probably went to somebody who understand the culture, but this is what I be saying. These niggas, Charlemagne said all the time, they think white ice colder. These niggas is crazy to me and they approach this some of these things. You can talk to the rappers like that and I think you're right. But I got to be consistent in, 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 in evaluating the information. Just two weeks ago, you was in front of Harvey acting like a nigga that wasn't even rich. Like some nigga that need an opportunity. And you can't tell me the reason you act like that in front of that white man and no disrespect to white people or my political connects. But we just examining our culture and I got to deal with the facts of it. I got to understand what we stand at to understand how we get out of it. I can't play the little game y'all want to play. So when I see you cuss out Kanye and then go be cool with Harvey or, or be subservient to Harvey, it make me feel funny. And that's just me. Maybe that's just loom. You understand me? But it's just a situation where I say, damn, we got to figure out a way to combine. You know, we got to figure out a way to combine our interests, compound our interests. You understand me? Like, we can't be in a situation to divide each other and then want to go kumbaya on the other side of things. That's just weird to me. And looking at this soldier boy thing, right? It, 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 see, because I know where he at. Because I'm, I'm in a place in podcasting where niggas may not have more money than me. Niggas may not have no more information than me, but niggas may got a bigger audience than me. But you got to be careful when you're in that situation. Sometimes you got to know, especially I always say, yo, if people ahead of you are only depending on their status, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Because you will outwork their status Being cool is fragile That ain't something you keep So you will outwork that Just keep moving You will outwork that That ain't even an issue The thing is You gotta be careful Not to make people That's ahead of you An enemy of you Just because they're ahead of you In the race Sometimes it's easy To see somebody That's getting more money Than you Off the same thing you're doing And your energy Can make you feel like you see what I'm saying? So you got to check those emotional energies. These things are happening to people, right? Just because you are ahead in the race, dudes behind you make you their enemy. But all the time that they was ahead in the race, 
everything was cool. Some people ain't don't understand how ties turn, and some people think that their position now will be their position later, and they don't understand that sometimes things elevate. There's room for expansion in some people's life, right? And so sometimes dudes go to another level where you can't even fathom how they got there, and you ain't got room enough for everything that's coming in. And and I also have to be careful because I got to communicate in the culture. And I got to communicate in the culture without malice, only based on information. And when I do it that way, it's effective. But I got to be careful not to communicate with malice just because people are ahead of me in the race. Right? I got to still be consistent in my approach and my viewpoint on things. Because I, I'm not just another show. Or another dude that's taking people game or information or regurgitating facts or taking a book and, and just telling you what I learned out the book, right? I'm telling you my experience. And again, nothing is wrong with these things. Only if they're presented in a way that is supposed to be taken like these are you. And again, I'm careful in communicating about these things because I have to, again, make sure that just because these people are ahead of me, that I have not made them an enemy of me. And on top of that, the people that do listen to me, they listen to my communication like instructions. So I also can't be irresponsible with that level of influence on the people that listen to this. So there's a thing happening with me that I got to be not only diligent, but I also got to be mature in how I communicate some of these takes. Now, will that take the fun off the table? Absolutely not. But Loon got to always remember that you're building something that you got to try to make as solid as they come. And you are still in the brand building process of it. So stay awoke and stay alive. I don't know right why right now I'm really thinking about position in podcasting. I'm thinking about who are the ones that's adding to the algorithm. But I, 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 I view this space, man, like it's a lot of money at stake. You know, it's a lot of information, a lot of game being put down. Then you got a lot of dummies moving around just doing shit that I don't respect. A lot of brands that ain't going to last long. You got a lot of people that's not evolving, innovating. A lot of people just stealing game. It's a weird place, and it's a volatile place, and and it's a um, very needy industry. Like, it's a very needy. It puts you it, it, it puts you in a, in a mindset, even if no one's saying it, it, it's almost like some invisible... Invisible pressure attached to it Like Get the story out Make sure you get it And I'm telling you That was my first time Being bit by it And that's why I'm talking about it I'm out in LA right now LA is a funny place to me As I view it I tell people all the time That the trees in LA Are imported So when you see a lot of those palm trees And you think that's an LA vibe those trees have been imported. That's one of the that's one of the many facts that a lot of people don't know that's so interesting as you ride around and see it. I'm gonna tell you something else. It's almost like four different worlds inside of LA. You got the rich rich, you got the okay, they are right, kind of rich, you got the middle class, and then you got the pole. 
And boy, when you down here where the poet on Skid Row and all that, shit, boy, you gonna see some shit. I think um, L.A. is just ran out of space. Even as I look at it, I got a beautiful view right here that I'm looking at, right? As I look out, just building next to building, next to building, next to building, just as, for as far as you can see. And this is just one side of a small, you know what I mean? And it's a... um. It's a hell of a place to live at, I think. I think the property value, some of the houses are two, three million dollars. Um, down south, especially in Tennessee, for three million dollars, you'll have a home that's probably a dream home type thing, you know, um, and very big as well. A lot of these houses are straight across, and I think that's because of the earthquakes. Not sure if that's the case or not. Somebody fact check that for me. Man, let me talk about this. That's what I say about it. Yo, bro, man, they doing anything nowadays. So that's been a rapper. Let me find his name, man. This is some crazy shit. Goo New. That's his name. Rapper Goo New. DMV rapper. Family had his funeral at the nightclub and allegedly had his body standing up at the service. Man, they had a dead body at the club, man. Yo, man, I'm talking about that. What I'm trying to tell you, boy, we got range in the black culture, boy. We got everything from doctors, nigga, to niggas who are goddamn it, steal your air conditioner. We got niggas that's pawning metal all the way up to engineers, nigga, and some of the most brilliant minds in the world. But we got range in the black culture. Just look at that, man. They'll take you in a fucking. Man, I can't even believe that's true, dog. I'll read some of the tweets. They got go-go news. Go-go news. They got good news dead body propped up in the club for his funeral. This is the wildest thing I've seen on the internet in the wild. I, I don't even know what to say. Now, just imagine a dead body. Just imagine that, bro. It almost make you feel like black people, my people, don't give a damn What's happening long as it's drinks and weed and music right there. You can't tell us anything is okay long as the drink and the weed and the music right there. Here's another tweet. Don't got to catch me ever going to bliss after I just seen that. They had Gold News Body just chilling in that bitch last night. Y'all niggas weird as fuck. Yeah, that's... I'm, yo, think about that, bro. Think about the traditional approach to a dead body. Like a funeral approach. Think about the sadness. Think about, like, they starting to edit the approach about funerals nowadays. Yeah, the approach of funerals is going out the window. Chris Rock, Chris Rock, um, support is now skyrocketing. I'll just make this brief, right, and then we'll move on. But Chris Rock's sales are skyrocketing while Will Smith's sales and equity and, and cachet in the coach is plummeting. plummeting. 
Um, I think we're in a situation now, man, again, we're dealing with the effects of a mistake, a high-level mistake in a situation that was a night for some of our other greats, right? We got, I think, Samuel L. One, um, and he's been over in 90 movies or something wild and had never got an Oscar, and there was other people, and it was just a lot going on. So it was a high-level mistake, um, but again, emotional mistake, which anything emotional without risk assessment attached to it, we understand is a mistake, man. I hate to see that for that brother. I really do. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. They got OJ even coming out. I want to talk about how schooling is a very unique thing, and this some of the greatest game that ever been put down. See, y'all be worried about who, you know, Y'all think you got good game because you, you know, you, you only put three grams in the 3.5 bag. You know, you think uh, you take seven whammies out of each ounce and add some cut in there. You think you got supreme game. These people done, to me, schooling is the biggest game that's been put down, especially college. Now, I won't necessarily place that on grade school and then some of those fundamental things to help you just understand regular life. But when we deal with college, it's literally just an understanding. Like you literally go to college just to say, we promise that you will get a job. I know people right now that I walk in restaurants and they're overqualified to be my waiter, but that's where they found themselves at. People are dealing with degrees that's ineffective in the current structure. People got degrees that was based on things that is no longer even available at this point, especially a lot of that music shit, a lot of those things, how technology get involved and boom, it, your whole industry disappears and you spent, I don't know how much money on college and how much time and effort and energy in getting some sort of piece of paper that says you're eligible to make a certain amount of money. Not that you will make. Look at what they'll do for eligibility. So in this world, that doesn't. it's less about the people that go to college and more about the people who created the structure. Even, I mean, at least for me. So I view the people that created the structure and say, oh, oh, that's good game. You got all these people. You got, and... If somebody find themselves with a $155,000 debt to a college and working at a fast food restaurant, they'll just t take their loss. And they had it in a situation where you cannot get rid of, rid of school debt. So picture that. I put you through school and promise you a job. Not even promise you a job because, see, that's why I say words are important and communication and information is important. They don't promise you a job. They promise you eligibility. So they tell you to come to the school on an eligibility basis that when you leave out of here, you should be able to get a job for this amount of money. They don't consider whether the market changes. They don't consider none of that. They just give you the hope and the dream that you may be able to get a job and you go spend them years and their money on that. I'm taking the entrepreneur route. And for me, that's why it's important I have to introduce some kind of hustle to my children while they're young because I don't want them to fall victim to this schooling thing. When I was speaking to Rashad and Troy at Earn Your Leisure, shout out to my family. 
Matter of fact, let me say this. Them one of the realest dudes in the industry. I'll speak about that later. Let me make this point. I was speaking to Rashad and Troy, and they was telling me, or we spoke about on, on this up there podcast, the episode will drop soon. Shout out Revolt TV. Um, They were telling me, yo, Loon, just look at the school structure and look how it's set up. When school, you know, now the world has changed a little bit, but rewind about 40 or 50 years. He said, yo, look at the industry. Look at the industrial complex, right? Look at the, the factory jobs and things like that, right? If you know anything about factory jobs, if you there and the bell rings, everybody goes to lunch. It ain't even a thing where like retail stores where your lunch is at 1130, your lunch is at 1145. They do that because they need coverage on the floor. We talking about manufacturer or some sort of labor job. Everybody goes at the same time. So when the line shuts down, we can account for that. And when it crank back up, we can account for that. He said, yo, it's the same thing in school. The bell ring. You go to lunch. You go to, and I'm like, yo, that's wow. So, he, so he's subconsciously as a youngster is setting you up to be prepared to go to from school right into a job, work 60 years and then put yourself in a situation where you retire with 20 years left and a little bit of money, all your health is gone in most cases, right? And so, man, I said, damn, they putting real game down. I got to figure, y'all think I'm leaving this world with no money or I ain't finna ball and enjoy my time here when niggas is packaging brown sugar and selling it like he's saying? Man, these niggas crazy. I got to get some money out this shit. Ain't no way I'm leaving this shit with no money. Y'all crazy as a motherfucker. But again, man, none of the promises are kept. It's like when white people tell promises, it don't it don't mean nothing. You understand? Like it's like if they tell you, yo, come spend a hundred and eighty thousand because they package it right. See, we'll just be saying shit. You got to go package it and send it through some, but it's a lot of red tape. Like, that college thing is bullshit to me. Respectfully to the Ivy League colleges, certain positions are lucrative, right? I ain't talking. It's almost like a Ponzi scheme, but some of these colleges do guarantee a certain level of quality of life after you graduate and leave their their college right let's be clear on that i want to be clear on that too because it's good game in that but a lot of these colleges where you go run and get these little degrees they got you operating it with these degrees in a market where the degree is ineffective and i think it's bullshit i think it needs to be restructured or even if they don't restructure it we need to restructure the way we view entrepreneurship the way we view going to get a job the way we view working for somebody else for 50 years now it's necessity and it's necessary you gotta make you may gotta get a job to fund some shit you got going on but your mindset gotta be escape room yeah your job you gotta look at your job like the escape room I'm getting up out this motherfucker at some point. What well, did that mean? I need to save 10000 a year some kind of way and live in a way where I can do so. You know, something got to happen and you got to have them kind of plans. Um, and if you don't, you'll fall victim to the game and then you'll be working paycheck to paycheck. And once they got you in that cycle, it's hard to break it because they allow you based on your paycheck to get a certain living standard that'll keep you going paycheck to paycheck. 
It's like a vicious cycle that they place you in, and you got to be alive and aware to even understand the circumstances. So I'm saying, so we're gonna take a break, and then we'll finish the rest by the pool. Biggest podcast on earth. Okay, we're back. We're back at FOGFO Studios with the pod. We're gonna finish it out. You know, I got a lot more to talk about. So many different things. I find myself, you know, going into meetings, right, and trying to explain the next steps to people. And for me, right, in that situation, it it lets me know. So podcasting, man, is a business. And when things become a business, things they, they expect a formula, right? When you deal with business, there's a formula expected. That's on anything, right? And so in podcasting, Everybody's searching for the formula. And so if you know podcasting, if you know the business side, there's a few different kind of ways of doing it. There's there's a few different kind of approaches in regards to conducting business. Right? And so in music and in our subsection, we've started to approach this in a unique way. There is a blueprint laid down by us, right? You got the, you you do your podcast, you do your live show, you know, you do your merch, whatever the case may be, depending on how big your show is, dictates the level of interest that that draws as you move around the world and try to sell tickets and things like that. There's a translation that has to happen from the internet to live show that very few people um, see, see the see the ramifications of 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 the work that they've put in online. Eighty five South may be the top in regards to that. In regards to seeing um, that ticket thing actually work, I think they have a cheat code because they're operating in music podcast space, but also comedy space. And for me, that marriage right there provides a luxury for them that allows them to take that culture, take our culture in a way. Right. So if we all headed up a hill, it's like what they're doing is taking a slant. So they're getting more. They're covering more ground as they're moving. You know what I'm saying? Because of what they do and because of um, the ability to be operating inside comedy, but also be as much as cultured as the Breakfast Club or something like that. But that's one way of doing it. Right. Depending on that live show. The other way. Is you can make a lot of money on on just dealing with the internet and not doing the live show, but longevity lives on you providing some sort of receipt that you can sell ticket, right? And so when you on the internet and you dealing with, because dudes are making a lot of money off clicks, and like if, even if you take a Joe Button type of model where you get you know twenty thirty percent of your fan base um, or your listenership on um, Patreon paying. Right, that right there provides you capital. You see what I'm saying? A lot of people are are shooting these podcasts, putting them on YouTube, and getting paid pennies on the dollar. Right, but the exposure and, and they're getting certain ads and it's things like that that's happening on the back end. So I don't want to discourage any creator. I want you to know the possibility is endless, but the format is in place, or they're they're placing it as we speak. They're trying to place the format in place. So you you got to try to figure out a way to get into the format, but also provide something that that allows for your business to be lucrative. Um, 
I also think that in our space, we've podcasting in particular has been invaded by music mindset, right? A lot of the rap guys, a lot of the guys that enjoy rap and things like that have have been pushed to the forefront of podcasting and what it seems to be for an up and coming podcaster would mean if I don't get the big interview, I'm not effective, right? It's almost like chasing the hit and getting a big feature. Everybody in the coach is trying to hurry up and get that, hurry up and get that, um, that interview. Um, some people think if you don't get the interview first, then you lost. And that's that industry mindset. I don't believe that. What I believe is if you have the right conversation, you, 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 your content will do what it needs to do. I'm gonna, I'm about to talk about Key Glock having a conversation on Complex with the homie where he did a phenomenal job. But it, the, there's a disconnect even with our skin people, right? Even with people that share our share the same um, ethnicity as us, sometimes there's a disconnect because of our backgrounds. It ain't nobody's fault. And no, ain't nobody at fault, but it's just there's opportunity there. If we can put the right people in position, it's almost like Key Glock coming off that la- that interview of the passing of Dolph is a situation like a last final shot. You dig what I'm saying? You got to get Jordan in place right there. You got to do something to try to make that a situation where we can really get something out of it for, for the youngsters. And he was, dude is bleeding inside, but we'll get, we'll get to that. The part, the podcast game dudes is chasing, um, the interview. And, and I think that interviews are cool, but the conversation is where it is. It's about what you talking about, not who you talking to. And if you study the greats, like I've studied the greats, you understand the game now is not built on who's, you know, now you can play that game if you want. You know, I'm going to play that game a little bit. We're going to play that game, but you better figure out how to build an audience to where no matter who Rogan sitting next to, they're going to listen to it. Because Rogan has an understanding of almost anything that he brings up there because he's going to be curious about something that he's talking about. And so, therefore, the conversation will be something worth having. And that's what you got to have in the culture. Conversations worth having. People are rushing to get the interview, paying to be exclusive. Dudes are paying six figures, getting ahead of creators to get certain interviews, beating out relationships. Dudes having five and ten year relationships with guys and having to go do an interview on this side because they've paid a six figure check. This game is getting slippery, this content game, because it's money involved. It's a lot of money involved. But don't be deceived. The format is not in place yet. Building an audience is is like, for me, I, I understand it as being very complex. And I think chasing those interviews, I ain't saying don't get big interviews. Because big interviews are the thing to get. But you can talk to a Meek Mill now when he has no no album out. Nothing going on and give something to the culture about that. You talk to Jay-Z with nothing out. If the right person sitting next to Jay-Z, we, they, he's affected the culture for the next two, three years. Right? The next dude sitting next to 50 right now. Or, you know, anybody, Kanye, any of these dudes, some of these 
things can happen in a way where it'll be effective. And that's what we got to focus on. So the conversation needs to be had. Again, I just think we got to focus on putting the right people with the right people. What I do here, and, and I'm trying to make sure that I understand even how to compartmentalize what it is I do with podcasting or interviewing or, or commentating or whatever it is I do, because I do a s- several different things in the show at once. You see what I'm saying? And so what I have to do is make sure I'm effective as an interviewer. You understand? I also got to make sure that when I'm interviewing somebody that I pull out a certain skill set because now it's like a screwdriver. You deal, Now you're dealing with a nail. You need a hammer. Put the screwdriver up, get the hammer, bam, you in there. If I try to do something with the screwdriver and the nail, then, you know, I make it make it work. You know, turn it around, beat it up on there or something. But it's going to be rough. It's going to be hard. I need it, this thing to be smooth. I need the audience to be able to enjoy what it is we bring to the culture, accept it as high value, and not just talking and regurgitating like a lot of these people are doing. What I'm trying to do is is what's called talent stacking. You see what I'm saying? I'm trying to stack the talents on top of each other, right? My information Plus my communication, my ability to articulate what it is that I see, right? My opinion and thoughts about what the culture, the current state of the culture. But I got to also put interviews in there. I got to also be on a panel at some point, right? Dealing with three or four of these dudes at a time. I got to know how to do these things, right? And so if you're aware of those things, you'll be able to ace them, right? Nobody's telling me anything. I understand these things just from being a student of the game. And I'm in the tunnel. Um, The tunnel's dark, but you can see a light at the end of it if you just continue to keep moving. Let me speak on this. Um, this is something that, like I say, man, um, I need to be clear with my stance on these things, but I also need to be comfortable and saying that I love my people, rap is my thing, right? This coach is 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 what I embody, it's part of me, right? But I got to be critical about the information left out because I got children that got to be left in the world that I have to affect in a way where there's a clear understanding on what's right and what's wrong or what's serious and what's capped. I like to always tell people that it's a lot of dudes that selling sand like it's brown sugar. So I got to be able to point it out because I know the level of influence I'm dealing with and also the level of influence that the people that sometimes are at the forefront of these songs are dealing with. And so I'm critical of it because if not that, I'll be left to feel like I did nothing about it, right? So now we love everybody and we have conversations with people and we're going to continue to do so. But when you hear me break something like this down, even the rap dudes know that I'm on point. Even the big guys, the big boys, they know I'm on point. Even the girls, everybody, they know I'm on point with what I'm saying because I'm fluent in my communication. There ain't no slip ups. Ain't nobody looking at no notes. I'm involved in what I'm instructing, so I'm in, in position. 
I'm different from these niggas that do a lot of regurgitation and they got to look off and they got to study, study, study because they really giving you what somebody gave them. So they ain't telling you they understand and they telling you they interpretation of somebody else understanding. But we deal with that as we go forward in this culture. That's what it's about. And I can appreciate your ability to understand information, withhold it and repeat it. But make it clear because imitation without acknowledgement is stealing. Imitation without acknowledgement is stealing. As I get further in the books, I hear some of the things that I hear some of the things, right? And we'll let that live where, where it's at. But I want to be clear, man, that our coaches, it got an effect on people that not many things have. You know, in the world, if you really want to drill it down and figure out what does influence start and what affects the culture, of course, it's us. It's hip-hop. It's our culture. It's, it's this thing of ours. With that being said, man, we had no instructions on how we presented this thing, right? And so when I see a video going around of kids in a bathroom with a gun on live. You know, I'd be a fool to tell myself I haven't saw it before, but every time I see it, I think about you rap niggas. You ain't never seen me with a gun and I ain't never slipping. You ain't never seen me online with a gun about nothing. It ain't. Let's let that be. But every time I see a kid or a child that think they that has a distorted understanding of violence, that has a distorted understanding of what actually could happen when shots ring out or something happens, they have a distorted perception because as they look on the videos, the rapper got the gun. The nigga's waving the gun on his Instagram. Everywhere he going, he may need his. I give him that. Let's say he need his. Let's set that to the side. I keep telling people I'm dealing with the information, not the emotion. I'm looking at things for what it's worth. But I got to talk about what it costs. So I know what it's worth for you to keep your gun, but look at what it's costing us. We got children that even think at this point that they can handle an adult situation with a firearm with a drum on it. This chopper got did what the streets call titties. This chop this this gun got a drum on it. The, the children waving it, waving it. Boom, the gun go off. It hit one of the children. I'm already shattered then. Boom, you shattered. God damn it. Somebody got to talk about the other side of the the pillow. Yeah, somebody got to say what it looked like behind the toilets and what it looked like in the bathtub behind the curtain. Somebody got to say what it looked like inside the stove. Right. Somebody got to come in the house and talk about what it looked like in the interior of the house. And that's what I got to do, because when I see this and see, I'm also understanding that the game is so fucked up right now. 
that the illusion of violence has became normal to these people when they ain't got no intel on it. They got very limited intel on what a gun can do. I always tell people that a gun in the hand of somebody that don't know what to do with a gun is more of a problem than a problem solver. You don't even know what to do with the gun. But you got an illusion in your head that you're you going to. Have a firearm that can kill 30, 40 people. It might got 50 bullets in. I don't know how many bullets in that little drum. But I send a I send my regards to them because the gun go off, boom, hit one of the dudes, then she drop it. Because she, of course, probably scared that the gun went off. She dropped the gun, then it hit her. And here we is dealing with that. Ain't nobody telling these people or these children or the culture that you're dealing with people highlight reels. And when you come to this up there podcast, this is where we deal with the whole game, man. This is when we tell you what happened in the first quarter, in the second quarter. At halftime, we got something to say. In third, fourth quarter, over, we telling you what's happening in the entire game. These people here dealing with the highlight reels. So what happens is the children get affected, right? They see NBA young boy, and he look tough, and he look bad. Shout out to him. You see Dirk, he look tough, and he look bad. They see all these rap niggas. These rap niggas look tough, right? These rap niggas ain't showing when they got their shit got shot up. You can't see that. You didn't see when the house got broke in and they got the shooting, and if we didn't have a gun in here, you didn't see that. You didn't see how my heart was beating fast when that chopper was going. I ain't know where they was at in the house. Nobody talk about that. So the children think that, oh, I see them do that with the gun. Don't nothing ever happen. Man, a lot of these dudes even got fake guns. Prop money. Things are happening. Certain things are happening where you got to understand how to. Know that, listen, bro, when you look, when, when you don't have any intel about something, you don't never, ever go in the trick bag. That's why I had to walk back my thing about Will Smith. I don't applaud the trick bag. I ain't one of them niggas that when you jump in them four trick bag, I'm going to tell you that you won the match when I'm knowing it's mental warfare. I'm knowing they trying to get you documented doing something. And nigga, I know what they trying. So how I'm a, now nah, I had to walk that back because I understood. But in the moment, I'm just flattered by standing up for your woman, I guess. I guess that's just maybe what it is. I, you know, but in the end of the day, our culture got to do a better job with Understanding The effects of things that, that happen Right I try my best To try to be on the side of understanding That a lot of these dudes gotta move A certain way you know when they catch little baby With his firearm it be because they zooming In You know His hand might be on it just You know just in case his hand might be You know But the nigga that take the Picture they gotta make sure that the AK In the picture Matter of fact, the police just you you understand? I don't know. I don't get it. I guess I'm in. I guess I'm on the island by myself about that. 
But when I deal with the loss of certain things like that, man, and, and with kids having a distorted reality of what could happen to them, it's like this. If you're in a situation, right, I, t- I had to tell people, man, you ain't going to start with me. You ain't never hurt nobody and you going to start with loan. You got life fucked up. Man, you got life fucked up. You see what I'm saying? You ain't never black nobody eye. And you going to shoot me before I, man, I've been through more than you can dream about going through, man. So sometimes when we get involved with things, we got to understand what we up against. I say, I say that I hate to see a child that want to play with the guns or want to act tough. If you tough, you tough. If you come up like that, whatever. If you ain't never black nobody out, you ain't never stomp nobody out. It's a great thing. It's a beautiful blessing. But what make me know you dumb and stupid is that you walking around like you violent. Like it's it's yo, and you be the niggas that had the influence. You rap niggas that ain't never done nothing, be having the influence, then niggas gotta kill people and 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 hunt people down and deal with people who are projecting what the rappers have projected. And sometimes again it's they real life, so they dealing with they real life. But some of these people are like, I don't know, man. I get I get confused. You know what I'm saying? I, I honestly get confused. As I talk about too, uh, podcasting uh, and doing shows and content creating and broadcasting and all these things, I want to get into this Key Glock interview. He hadn't done an interview in, in, since the death of, of Young Dolph, and uh, he did the interview with the homie over on Complex Three Sixty with Speedy Mormon. No Mormon, yeah. Speedy Mormon, shout out to the homie, did a phenomenal job, excellent communicator, you know, um, jewel in the space. Uh, you can see that he's he's seasoned, he's he's been around a while and, and, and probably been doing this quite a while. He, you know, he does a phenomenal job, the Speedy Norman. Guy over on Complex Again if you haven't seen the interview Go see it Shout out to Complex Um, In this time though You know I gotta examine What it is that happens in the game And get my thoughts on it At this point So we'll get into the interview As he kind of spoke And then we'll come back with some game on it You already, you already have it Yeah just give me the script You good Great Okay, so that's the 50, that's the first half, and then how about the other half? Do you still do you actually feel that way? Like music is not really hitting the same for you right now? Yeah, I, yeah, I have my days. Put it like that. I'm sometime with it right now. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm in it, but I'm not in it the same like I used to be. You know? How come? You know why? But you know. Does it feel like sometimes, you know, maybe you're at a different stage in your life, like, you know, back then you were hungry, you were young, you were trying to get on, and now that you that you got on to the degree that you did, maybe it's not everything that you imagined it would be? Is that have something to do with it? Nah. Not. 
Shout out to the homie Speedy. But right here is what I mean when I say in our culture, we got to be careful when we communicate with those that's dealing with a lot, right? So in that moment, for me anyway, and just understanding what it's like to have dealt with loss and dealt with death and deal with niggas and be one of us, just understanding what that's like when I see <clears throat> Glock go through that, I say, oh, he hurt. He trying to get it out right then. For some reason, the connection was off. He asked him about music and why does it not feel like he is in it still and does he even give his all to it at this point? And he like, oh, it ain't the same. I know what that mean. I'm from where I know exactly what that mean. Right now, I need people to understand something. It makes it so much easier. It's a reason why people want to do a podcast together and things like that. It's easier, man, when you operating in the entertainment world with a with with that support system, right? It's almost like Dolphin Glock was the was the tag team champions of the world. This nigga Dolph was the boss position, and Glock was almost like the underboss, and so. That ability to navigate through the music game and life and just have that big homie and then that's gone. Yo, bro, wrestling is a different approach now. This shit was like the Hardy Boys. This shit was like DX, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. Now I got to go out as one Hardy Boy and try to get my name off the ground with just me wrestling the world. Like it's a different matchup now. And he ain't there no more. And that probably hurt like you couldn't even imagine. And so now, now you got to just, you know, wrestle by yourself. You know, he he was like forced in the boss position. You know what I'm saying? It was like pushed on him. Not that he wasn't the boss in his own right, but shit just took a turn left. You see what I'm saying? And then you got to step up. You see what I'm saying? And I think that it's a lot of pressure with that. And and as he talks, he he basically tells like he hurt. Let's listen to a little more before before we listen to more of this interview with with Glock. Though I want to be clear with what I'm saying. The culture needs the right people to have the right conversations. Therefore, it's timeless. But when you want to play that little game. Whoever do it first, because all these people questions are the same. Their approach is the same. They talking about current events is that type of structure. But when you talking about the full game mode and you ain't just dealing with the highlight reel, you come deal with me and we get to get it out there how it's supposed to be got out there. You understand what I'm saying? And so um, when I see that disconnect in our culture, man, I'm like, damn, dog. Had that been the right person right there, they would have been able to build build on that in a way that affected culture at that moment, dog. And um, he did a great job, still built on it. But I'm just being clear at I see the disconnect there. It's almost like he didn't see exactly or feel it. And if he did, he ignored it for the sake of the interview. He maybe didn't think that would be right. To, I don't know, but it just felt funny to me. Let's listen to it a little more. Really just did just. And you don't even know, bro. Like, words can't even explain, like, how I really feel about this shit right now. You yeah. Know? So I just, 
I try my best to like look over it, but I can't. Like, yeah. This shit, this shit stuck with me forever. No, nah, that's real. I mean, we're all human. So. Nah, for sure. There's something else that you said on the line that I think is funny. Um, you said, I don't give a fuck about nothing. I don't even fuck with my cousins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does that feel like to hear, you know, that, that y'all never missed when you was making records? Kind of already know that. Kind of already know that, but I don't mind hearing it from someone else. Yeah. That's, how I, that's how I act. That's how I really know. Yeah. Like when someone else tell me. Now, obviously, you know, we haven't really heard much from you since the tragic passing of Dolph. Is this the first time that you've done an interview since he passed? Yeah. 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 I- I'm just wondering how you feeling, how you holding up. I mean, obviously, something that's... I'm content. I'm content. I'm all right. When you say content, what, is that, what does that mean? Like, it... it yeah, I'm, it I'm, I'm, I'm maintaining. Like, I'm not... I'm not getting better, I'm not getting worse, I'm just, I'm just here right now. Yeah. Do you feel like sometimes you just catch yourself stuck, maybe in a cycle, you know, just of emotion? All the time, I can't shake it, bro. I can't ignore it, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah? Yeah, I can't even, I can't even shake it, it is what it is. Yeah, but that's real, We, you know, it's natural to feel that way. Do you remember how you found out and, and where you were? Never forget, yep. Where were you at? I was at home. I was at home laying down, actually. Yep. And did somebody call you or? So he proceeded just to kind of speak on where he was when he got the news about Dolph and, and things like that and how he felt. Again, him and Dolph were like the tag team champions of the world, even if not in the world's eyes, in his eyes. So, see, you always got to deal with people's view through their eyes. So, if he viewed it that way and viewed that support system as being a part of his DNA, and then they ripped that from that, then you have to understand what that may have feel like. I just, you know, those conversations, in my opinion, can be deeper. Um, they can go much, much deeper in this space, and we have that leverage. We have that ability to do so. Um, and I just hope that the coach evolves in a way where in real time uh, we'll be able to deal with some of our tough times in a way where we can learn from. Every day, Wack is on some type of blog doing something wrong to somebody per their, you know, how they feel. And every day, the first, them niggas come in my Instagram like, yeah, you and your, you and your, you and your homie, it's up. I'm like, what? Where? What? What do you do? What? Why it's up? But um, you know, man, Wack is just. I think a lot of the things Wack says a lot of the shit that like people don't want to say. He had those conversations that's uncomfortable, and and a lot of it is really true. I mean, you know, all of it probably, but he tells the truth, and people in general do not like hearing the truth. People are like, oh, you fifty put you on? No, fifty did not put me on, bro. People don't understand that at that time in L.A. I was. I was it. I was the. So that's why Jimmy took me and told 50 he was putting me in G unit and 50 accepted because my name was ringing bells in the streets of hip hop. I was already on. So it didn't matter if I signed with Diddy or Irv or whoever the. I was still going to be game. I'm not saying that like um, Aftermath and Dre and 50 and those didn't help because that is my story. But if I would have signed the Terror Squad, I would still be the game. There's no doubt about it. So, and again. Let me ask you a question. 
I seen a little video at the Laker game. You walking past Jimmy Ivey. I didn't see him. Ah! Hey, yo, look. Let me tell you. Jimmy Ivey is like 5'2". Larry Jackson, who is like maybe six foot or six one, he was Jimmy was walking with a little hat on and just looked like a regular little white. I didn't know that was Jimmy Iovine. When I seen the video, I'm like, oh shit, that was Jimmy Iovine. Now, Jimmy Iovine probably didn't see me, one. And if he did see me, he probably felt like game. Like game up my money. I'm not saying shit the game. So I get it. Get it. I understand it. But I'm not. I'm not cutting out paper. I'm not cutting off cutting out paper dolls in a corner waiting to be uh, uh, spoke to by Jimmy Iovine anyway. Like, what are we doing? What are we talking about? I saw Larry Jackson. Iovine, I done been in restaurants with a man, and I got no problem with Jimmy Iovine. Yeah. But I done been in the restaurant where the man ran out the back door and all that because they told him Fat Joe and the squatters in here. And that was when I had beef with 50. He would just be break. And I was like, yo, I don't know why this man, you know, this, I don't have no problem with this guy. So I seen how Larry talked to you. He knew Jimmy was beyond him. And Jimmy spun and got him up. But it ain't no beef anyway. You wasn't going to beat up Jimmy. So you saying, so you saying, so you saying, um, Larry Jackson ran, ran the play on me. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. All right, but no, but hey, he got it. He got it. He did the Heisman and then Jimmy spun around that way. Oh, I ain't, I didn't see Jimmy. I saw Larry and I just acknowledged him for what he, for his work at Apple Music because when we see each other, we should say you doing a good job and you doing good. But, um, you know, with the whole Jimmy Iovine and the whole 50, and I'm going to say this, and then, you know, I'm at the studio about to go cook something. But, um, um, with the whole beef, and it's crazy, it's crazy how, how, how I like, how the G unit shit fell down when I was trying to like hold down Fat Joe and that. But yeah, but yeah, and then, you know, when I was going through that beef and shit, um, Eminem and Dr. Dre had to side with 50 Eminem because 50 and Shady and Eminem and G unit, that was their thing. And Dre was going to ride with me because it was NWA is Compton is, but, but it's a business. And I, and at 24 years old, 25 years old, I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? And that got to like, you know, Eminem, super loyal. You know, I was mad cool with Eminem. So that's that was Game and Fat Joe, man. I think Game made a lot of good points, but it's really my thoughts on it is nothing really to say about it because he 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 presented both sides. You know, even when he talked about fifty, you know, I'm not saying it didn't help, but I still was gonna be Game. It's kind of no way to argue that because no proof is there. So I'll let that live, and and then when we deal with the Jimmy Iovine thing, when they run the tape back, if you're at Looking at the video portion of the podcast, you will see it, it kind of maybe does look like he didn't game didn't view him, but 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 I think he viewed game. Um, I also think it was important for me, and then I'll get out of here. Important for me just just to kind of take that Will Smith take and and walk it back just a little bit, and not the whole thing. But 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 a good portion of it and and basically the energy basically the energy around it, you know, just understanding that, you know, the people that come to me don't come to me, they come to me for that shit. You know, high high quality, you know, and, and that good shit. So I gotta just stay consistent in regards to that, man, and, and keep myself in a situation that's profitable and acceptable. Will Smith has now Lost a bunch of things. 
Let's see what else we want to talk about. Academy expedites meeting over Will Smith Oscar slap. So they about to get him out of some more money. Keep telling people don't go in the trick bag. Monique and Lee Daniels finally are back together. Shout out to that. Beautiful thing to see Monique now back operating in Hollywood. Shout out to 50 for that. Shows the power of people that have influence. May not even have to cut you a check, but just publicly banter about it. And make those rough conversations be had. And just, you know, I think what 50 does in that space on that type level like that isn't spoke about enough. I think we got to really champion his ability to get somebody going in Hollywood as well or just on the big screen, big stage. Let's look at Monique and Lee Daniels' encounter on stage in front of people. This is so goddamn real. This is so motherfucking real shaking as I look. You and I, along with some other amazing people, made magic. And I don't ever want us to lose that magic again. Now, let me tell you. Sometimes in life, you get caught up, you know? When you, a nigga and you come from nothing, you get, you get blinded by some shit. And it took me a long time to realize. I am so sorry for hurting you in any way that I do. Y'all, she was my best friend. My best friend. Y'all think that Precious was just, that wasn't, that was, that was God working through both of us. And we gonna fucking do it again. I love you. I love you. I love you. Staten Island. So again, that was a that was a hell of a thing. You know, Monique went through a lot, man. Uh, in regards to that, I guess there was some phone calls made, and certain things were blacklisted and put her in a situation to not be lucrative in the business and and hurt her sales and hurt her position in the marketplace. And she never wavered. She stayed on it because she wasn't lying. You know, she stayed on it. So all those that maybe didn't believe her now have to reevaluate how they viewed her. And um. Beautiful thing for her, man. I think that I think she'll she'll continue to elevate. So we'll get out of here for today and um we'll be back next week. Biggest podcast in the world. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician 
that come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today.